strip like no other. Strip like no other. Strength like no other. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on this morning. 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 Come on, y'all. Let's let the Lord know how much we love Him. Let's let the Lord know how much we adore Him. Let's let the Lord know how much we appreciate all His goodness, all His grace and mercy, all His loving kindness that you know and I know we do not deserve. Come on now. Come on. Come on this morning. Come on. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Woo Thank you, Lord. We like to let the Lord know every day. Every day we wake up, we ought to just say, thank you, Lord. Because he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us anything, but he's so good and kind and gracious and merciful. He looks past all of our faults and sees all of our needs and gladly meets them. And all he asks of us is just to have hearts that are turned towards him. That's all he wants. He just wants us to have hearts that are willing to serve him, that are willing to obey him. He knows our shortcomings. He knows our flaws. He knows the things we're good at and the things we're not. He knows where we're weak. But he said, if you'll trust me, put your confidence in me. No book that any man wrote, no 14-step no program. It's not that those things are not good. But can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Jesus may use things of man, but we always owe him the glory. Because any knowledge that man has, it comes from above. All good and perfect gifts, the word says, come from the Lord. And knowledge, knowledge that makes life better and easier, makes people healthier and safer, safer, gives people the opportunity to obtain wealth and, and do good things. All of that good knowledge, it comes from above. So we just always, every morning, please, ma'am, please, sir, every morning when you wake up, just take the time to tell the Lord, Jesus, thank you for a new day. And ask him to be with you throughout the day. Ask him to give you a chance to, you know, pray for your family and friends. But ask him to give you a chance to bless somebody else. And then when you lay down at night, just tell him thank you. That he kept you through another day. That from the time you woke up to the time you lay your head down, wherever you may be, he's kept you safe. He's provided food. He's provided resources. He's taking care of family and friends. He's healing your body, even though you may not feel it happening. He's healing your body. He's, he's working out situations behind the scenes to give you that positive life, that more abundant life that he promised we could all have if we put our confidence in him. To God be all the glory. I, I welcome you now to uh, the Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church. We're located right outside the wonderful town of Garrysburg, and we're located in beautiful Northampton County, North Carolina, here on this first Sunday in the month of April. Good gracious, time is flowing by. Month of May, I'm sorry, month of May. April's gone, month of May. First Sunday in the month of May. Time is flying. Time is flying. First Sunday in the month of May, I'm sorry. 
my time is flying so fast. It's, it's just crazy. But we're here today, and we're thanking God that we are here, because that means that God kept us from last Sunday to this Sunday, and we're able to be back on his beautiful campus once again. We have a, um, we have a motto here at Ronald Salem, and it is that this is the end of your search for a friendly church, and I can personally testify after being a member here for probably about 25 years now, uh, a little bit more, 25 or so years now. I, I surely have met people who are members of Run Up Salem who try their very best to live up to that motto. We have a mission statement that tells us, uh, sets our direction. It, it's, it's our guiding force, if you will, our, our guiding light as to what it is we want to be about. And it's from the book of St. Matthew, the last chapter, the last two or three verses. Jesus himself is speaking to his disciples before he ascends back to heaven. And he says, go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen want to certainly just stop him right now and thank the Lord again uh, for Derek and April and Jasmine and Steve. Uh, they get up and come here hour and a half or so, sometimes more than that, before any of us get on the scene. And they set up this equipment and put things together, make sure that uh, folks can uh, hear us or see us wherever they may be trying to to, to come in on the service, so we thank God for them. And certainly, we're so grateful for our musicians. We're so grateful for Ricky and for Elijah and for Marvin. And again, Steve, our lead musician, we just thank God for them on this morning. We're going to have an opening selection, and then we will continue on with the order of service on this morning.
May babies, enjoy your month and on your special day, just have a wonderful time in the Lord. Want to tell you uh, just two or three quick announcements. Let me start with this one first. Um, this month, May, we have long um, called May Women's Month here at Roanoke. So, well, I I'm taking things out of order, but that's okay. I, I want to get this one out first. Um, this, is, this is Women's Month here at Roanoke Salem. So what we want to do is we're asking all the women who are 21 and over, 21 and up, if you would please uh, see in your hearts to give $75 above what you tithe through the month of May. If you are a woman uh, 21 years or older, we're asking that you give $75 or, or more if you choose, but at least $75 above what you would normally give uh, in the month of May in your tithes. And of course, you've got the entire month to uh, give that $75. Give it any way you choose to. Those of you who are not members, if you feel so moved by the Lord to contribute, we will gladly accept your contribution as well. But Roanoke Salem disciples, female disciples, our, our ladies of the church, we're asking you, please, if you will, if you can and if you will, to give $75 above what you would normally tithe during the month of May. This afternoon at 6 o'clock, um, there is a group, there are a group of folks in Northampton County from one end of the county to another. Uh, they've come together as a coalition uh, wanting to continue to make positive changes. We've had a lot of positive things happen in our county over the past three, four years, but we want to continue that process and continue moving forward in a positive way, especially looking at uh, our youth and our communities. So uh, this afternoon at 6 o'clock, there will be a gathering of folks together, and it's, uh, it's a rally we're calling the Rise Up Rally. It's going to be at the Mud Castle right off of 301. You know that. It's the Life Center uh, that's, that's part of Roanoke Chapel Missionary Baptist Church under the leadership of uh, Dr. Franklin D. Williams. This afternoon at 6 o'clock at the Roanoke Chapel Life Center that we more commonly call the Mud Castle, uh, we'll be gathering there at 6. If you can and if you will, if you have time, please come and, and join us there this afternoon. Also, I want to share with you that uh, it's already it started back last month in, in April, but it continues all the way through September. Uh, the Northampton County Department of Social Services will be giving away a box of groceries on Wednesdays. They will be giving away a box of groceries on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, uh, all the way through September. Now, what you have to do, first of all, you have to be 60 or older to be eligible to get this box of groceries. That's the first requirement. You have to be 60 years old or older. And then you have to call the Department of Social Services and register, pre-register, to be able to come uh, and get that um, box of groceries and there's only go you can only get one per month so let me be very clear about that you can't go every Wednesday and get a box every Wednesday you know once you've come and you've gotten your box they're going to check you off their list and so they know you've gotten yours for that month for the month but anyway between now and September between now and September you can pre-register if you are 60 or older pre-register with the Department of Social Services to uh, be able to get one box of groceries, and every Wednesday they'll be giving them out. So whatever Wednesday each month you want to go, that's on you. But um, I just we, we want to make sure that you get that information. And that what is that number five? Fifty-eight eleven. That 
So that number is 534-5811. That number to the Department of Social Services that you need to call is 534-5811. If you call the church Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Miss Jean has that information, and she'll be able to give you the number. And, and, and all you really need from Miss Jean is just the number to social services, because when you call them and tell them why you're calling, you know, they will then take it from there. Miss Jean is not doing any pre-registering or anything like that. Just, but if you want to call and pre-register and you don't have the number already, then just call Miss Jean or find it in the phone. But, but again, it's 534-5811. Okay. I think those are all the announcements that we've got to cover for this morning. So we're going to prepare now for our morning offering. Again, we are a tithing church here at Roanoke Salem. We believe in giving back God at least 10%. Tithe off of whatever it is you have to tithe off of. Some people say, well, you know, I don't, I'm on a fixed income. Okay, God knew you were going to be on a fixed income before you got on that fixed income. And you can still tithe off of that fixed income. Amen. Tithes and offerings. We're going to do that in obedience to the Lord. And I promise you, I promise you that if you will uh, trust him and take him at his word in terms of your giving financially, then he will, in fact, turn around and make sure that you have all the resources you need, not just financial resources. The Lord will take care of your family. He'll take care of your health. He'll help. He'll give you favor on your job. There's just so many different ways that the Lord will bless us. And he does bless us when we are obedient, when we trust him, first of all, and then we are obedient uh, to what he's asked us to do in terms of our financial giving. Amen. My soul was sinking in a world of sin. Grace and mercy took me out, took my feet out of the mire clay, placed them all on a rock to stay. Oh, what a relief it was when God rescued me. Lose my chain.
what was shared with me earlier by Brother Ricky, and, and, and not going to go into details, but for how you showed up and showed favor in the life of his family this past week, Lord, and how you once again proved that you are a God who can do what man cannot do. And when we need you most, you're right there and you're right on time. So I know Ricky thanks you, and I thank you, Lord, for, for the um, intervention this week as you showed up to help his family uh, in a time of need. And Lord God, we know there are many others who are sick as well. They're sick of body. Some are sick in their minds. And Lord, we don't take that for granted. Mental illness is a serious thing. Thank you for the knowledge that you've given psychiatrists and psychologists. And that in this country, we have the opportunity and lots of uh, ways to go to see these folks and, and get their help. We know the knowledge comes from you. Then, Lord, sometimes, though, you just choose to do a miracle and you clear up. You, you put our minds back right again. Whatever way you do it, we thank you again for medical science. But we also know that all the healing ultimately comes from you. Lord God, we're praying for the finances of each of us individually as a church family. We pray, Lord, for you to give us abundance not just to be selfish and take care of our own needs, which we certainly want to do and you want us to do so. But Lord, be, put us in position to bless us. And thank you for everyone. And I know so many members of Ronald Salem, Lord, who go out of their way to bless people every single day you let them live. And over the weeks and months and years, we've got members here, Lord, who have just made tremendous sacrifices at their own personal cost to help somebody, not just other church brothers and sisters. Some of us have helped complete strangers along the way. And Lord, you count that to our credit. Thank you, Lord, that I'm the pastor of a church that has loving, caring, devoted people who have willing hearts and giving hearts. And I pray that our example will spread out and there are other churches in the area where there's certainly some of the same type of good Christian folk. Let us be about Christ in our walk and not just talk Christ. Let us live Christ in the way we treat others. Because, Lord, you said whatever we do for the least of these, your brothers or sisters, we've done it unto you. We remember that, Lord, and we want to honor that. So we thank you again for this day and the moving forward in this day and the blessings thereof. Just keep us in your tender love and care. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll have another selection now from um, the house band. And then um, we will go on and have the word for this morning. Can we just thank Lord for these musicians as they get ready to minister to us through music. Amen. Troubles around me, and I didn't have to despair. Lord, you told me that you would be right there. It seemed like all of my problems had just begun. I didn't have to worry no more. They were all. How I love, how I love, how I 
felt so all alone when I needed you, Jesus. All I had to do was call. Sometime in the morning, sometime late at night. But when I got up off of my knees, made everything all right. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Jesus. 
When you call on the name of Jesus, your bills will be paid. Say Jesus. Jesus. He's bringing families back together. Say Jesus. Jesus. He's healing cancer. Say Jesus. Jesus. He's healing sugar diabetes. Say Jesus. Jesus. Woo. Jesus. 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 Jesus, Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus. No matter what you're going through, no matter what your situations are, whew, call on Jesus. I promise you He'll be there. I promise you He'll be there. I'm sorry, Pastor. You take but, your time, uh, brother. You Jesus, go good to me. Whew, Jesus. You take your time, brother. Somebody out here gonna praise the Lord after a while. Somebody out here gonna praise the Lord after a while. If you know God has been good, if you know God has been good, holler to the car next beside you and say, Jesus been good to me. He kept me when I couldn't keep myself. He woke me up this morning, started me on my way, put clothes on my back, put breath in my body. He let my heart beat on. He let me have the activities of my limbs. He let me be able to talk this morning. I'm not in the grave this morning. Somebody ought to tell him, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people may not be saved. We pray that the word will go forth and it will fall on fertile ground of spiritual hearts and spiritual minds. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Jesus is in your precious matchless name I pray. Amen. We're going to go to the book of 2 Corinthians this morning, chapter 5, verses 14 and 17. The book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament, chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. I'm reading from the New International Version, which is the one I use most of the time. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. You all know this passage of Scripture is so familiar to so many of you. This is what Paul wrote. He said, for Christ's love compels us. It compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Verse 15, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Verse 16, so From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Let me read that one again. So from now on, we, Christian folks, saved folks, we regard no one. We don't look at anybody from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Then finally, verse 17, this is the one that all of us know pretty well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. In the King James, it says, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Uh, the old is gone, all the old things have passed away. And then it says, and all things have become new. Just for a few minutes, let us reason together from this thought. 
Refresh or restart, it's not too late. Refresh or restart, it's not too late. I have been thinking about how quickly time passes by, and I, 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 just, I just had it on my mind a lot lately. I guess my cancer situation has brought me even more, uh, made me more aware of my own mortality, and that's not a bad thing. That's, that's a good thing. This is the first Sunday of April. Sorry, the first Sunday of May. I still got, I got April locked in my head for some reason. No, this is the first Sunday of May 2021. And if you divide our 12-month calendar into four equal parts, we are one-fourth of the way into the new year. And I believe when most of us think about passing time, it's natural that we also ask ourselves, what are we doing with the time that we have? And that's a good question I think all of us should ask ourselves every once in a while. What am I doing with the time that I have? I believe when most of us um, ask that question, if you come to a decision that you're not satisfied with your life, then you have to ask yourself another question. What am I doing to make it better? If I'm not satisfied with my current situation, what am I doing to make it better? And I think it's safe to say that all of us have at least one area in our lives that we would like to make a positive change. Amen. I think, I think that's pretty honest and pretty fair that all of us could say there's at least one area of our lives that we would like to make a positive turnaround, a positive change. Now, for anybody who wants to make positive changes in their lives, this message is for you. Some of our lives, if I may just be very frank, some of our lives can sometimes be really jacked up. You've heard me use that term before. Jacked up simply means that there are things happening in our lives that make us feel and you, you pick the ones that apply to you. When your life is jacked up, you will feel sometimes angry, and sometimes you may feel depressed, and sometimes you may feel hopeless, and sometimes you may feel worthless, and sometimes you may feel unloved, and sometimes you may feel unappreciated. Amen. And you can feel any or all of those things at the same time when your life is jacked up. When our lives are jacked up, sometimes we even get so deeply disturbed by what's going on, we may feel like giving up and ending our own lives. Amen. The reason why people even contemplate suicide, and I don't say this lightly, and I say this respectfully, because I know some of us have been touched by uh, issues of suicide in our families, but the reason that people even contemplate taking their own lives is because they, because they come to a point where they just don't believe that things can get any better. Things are never going to change. But, but Jehovah God says to you today, if you're contemplating taking your own life, or you know somebody else who may be contemplating taking their own lives, the Lord says to you today, do not do any harm to yourself. You may be at a point where you don't know what to do next. You, you can't imagine that things are going to get any better. But listen to me. Based on God's word, you need to know that you can refresh or restart your life because it's not too late. The very fact that God woke us up this morning means that it's not too late for you to refresh or restart your life. Almost any smart device that we have, this, this phone I have right here in front of me, computers, um, iPads, 
there are usually two commands that are very useful. One is refresh and one is restart. When you refresh, when you select that, that command, the screen updates and shows you, it, it, bl- it clears the screen, but then it quickly updates and shows you the most current information available. That's when you refresh. When you select restart, the smart device will temporarily shut down. It will shut down completely. And while the screen is blank, it deletes whatever was previously there, but then it restarts and allows you to begin again. Amen. Amen. The smart device doesn't consider whether or not we made a mistake or not. It is programmed to refresh or restart when we command it to do so. Yeah, it's not thinking about, did you make, is this, are you, are you doing this because you messed up? No, it's just programmed to do whatever we tell it to do. Some of us may need to refresh or restart right now because we have some messed up situations in our lives. Maybe our situation that's messed up is because of an innocent mistake. In other words, a mistake is something that happens when you don't know that the decision that you're making is going to bring, possibly bring you trouble or, or heartache or pain. You, you don't know that on the front end. You, you make a decision, it's the wrong decision, but you didn't know before you made that decision that there could be some negative consequences. But then there are other times when we knew the choices that we're making would eventually bring us trouble or heartache and pain, and we did what we did anyway. Amen now. Amen. In today's world, most people, including church folks, including us, we say that we made a mistake when we do wrong. But in the book of St. James, chapter 4, verse 17, Brother James said this, and you all heard this before. He says, when we know the right thing to do, but we choose not to do it, that's sin. So I respectfully suggest to everyone, let's begin to make positive changes in our lives by calling sin what it is. Let's call it sin. To be clear, I'm not trying to make anybody, and I want y'all to hear me clearly on this, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty of a, or ashamed because of whatever may be going on in your life, whatever sins you may have had or may have in your life. You know why? Because I'm a sinner too. Amen. I, I, I can't point my finger at you. I can't look at you looking down my nose with some kind of harsh judgment because I'm a sinner too. I'm no different than any one of the rest of you. Amen. Every one of us, in fact, is a sinner. And I know that's right because in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 23, the apostle Paul said that all people, every one of us, has sinned. He Then he said, and sometimes we still fall short of the glory of God. When we sin, we need to understand this, when we sin, we not only hurt ourselves, and other people. When we sin, we offend the very holy God that gives us life. People don't think about it that way because most of the time when we sin and there's some kind of negative consequence for our sins, it's human nature. We focus on, okay, well, how's that now affecting me? Sometimes we worry about, concerned about how it may affect and what, how, what kind of hurt or shame it may bring to folks that we care about. But you also need to know, and I also need to remember, that when I sin, I'm not only running the risk of hurting myself, hurting my family, hurting my church family, hurting people that 
know me and think well of me, I'm also offending the very God who gave me life and gave me breath and gave me the opportunity to do the things, the wonderful things that I've been blessed to do in my life. I'm offending him as well. Amen. God did not create mankind to live in sin. I want us to just really, really, really put that away somewhere in your memory bank and, and remember this now the next time, you know, you got the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. God did not create mankind to live in sin. And if we die in our sin, the punishment is our souls will burn in hell forever. It may sound Silly to some people. Some folks don't believe that. That might sound harsh. That might sound judgmental. But that is what it is. It's not Edwin Horsley's opinion. It's what the Word of God says. And you think about that for a second. Here you are living in hell right now on this side of eternity. And if you die in sin, then you're going to spend all eternity in a burning hell. But here's the good news. It doesn't have to be that way. Because you can become a forgiven sinner if you want to. All of us are sinners. But you can become a forgiven sinner if you want to. Jesus Christ, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus Christ loved you. And he loves me. And he loves everybody so much that he willingly died on a cross to stop us from going to hell when we die. Jesus went to that cross so every single one of us would have the opportunity to become a forgiven sinner, have our sins forgiven and covered so that when we die, we know that heaven will be our eternal home. Amen. When we humble ourselves and give our lives to Jesus, we are supernaturally changed from condemned sinners to forgiven sinners. Let's say that again. When we humble ourselves and give our lives to Jesus Christ, something happens that man can't do. Microsoft don't, doesn't have a program for this. Amen. Apple can't come up with some kind of formula to do this for you. When you give yourself, you humble yourself and give your life to Jesus Christ, something supernatural happens and you go from becoming a condemned sinner to a forgiven sinner. When our sins are forgiven, positive changes will begin because Jesus can restart or refresh our lives. And I'm sure I'm right about it because of these three verses right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me deal with this and then we're going to go home. This is the Apostle Paul's second letter to the church folks in a place called Corinth. In chapter 5, verse 11, Paul begins um, by explaining that, that we as Christians, we have a duty to share Jesus with non-Christians. We have an obligation to share the love of Jesus Christ with the unsaved. Why? Because we want them to also believe and to give their life to Jesus. In chapter 5, verse 14, Paul says that we should care about non-Christians. Why? Because we are convinced that Jesus died for all humanity. We should care about unsaved people getting saved because we are convinced that what we believe is true. Jesus died for all humanity. Amen. In other words, Jesus Christ and nobody else 
died for the sins of every human being. Now, footnote, I know some Christians don't like that. Amen. Some Christians don't like to think about the fact that Jesus Christ died for all humanity. You know why? Because that means that person that you don't like, they can get to heaven too. See, there's some folk you don't... you, you want certain folk to come to heaven with you because you like them. You think well of them. They think well of you. But there's some folk you don't want them to get to heaven because you don't like them. You don't like their lifestyle. You don't like the way they look. You don't like the way they dress. You don't like the way they talk. You don't like their ideology. You don't like their politics, whatever it may be. You don't like them, and you don't want them to possibly end up in heaven. But if they humble themselves and give their lives to Jesus Christ, when you go walking down the streets of gold, you're going to bump into them one day, too. Because the Bible says that he died for the sins of all humanity, and whosoever will give their lives to him, they shall be saved. Verse 15, chapter 5, verse 15. Paul tells us that Jesus died because he wants us to stop living selfish and sinful lives, and he wants us to make a decision to live a life that pleases him. Another footnote, if you really want to stop living a jacked up, messed up life, make a decision to start living for Jesus Christ. If you really want to see your life turn around, make a decision to start living your life in a way that pleases Jesus and not just on Sunday morning, not just on Thursday night. Not just on, two, on Wednesday night during the, 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 the Bible study. Not just when we have revival two or three times a year at different churches in the area when we used to be able to do that. No, you need to make a decision to live your life daily in a way that pleases Jesus. And when you do that and when I do that, we will begin to see our lives turn around. Verse 16, Paul says that Christians should not look at non-Christians from a worldly point of view. In the Amplified Bible, that phrase, worldly point of view, is translated to mean from a purely human point of view or from a natural standards point of view. What Brother Paul is simply saying is Christians can't look at unsaved folks and pass judgment because some of the most holy saints today were some of the most heinous sinners back in their day. Amen now. Some of the most holy folks today were some of the most heinous sinners back in their day. So what changed you and what changed me from an unrepentant sinner into a sinner saved by grace? The answer is found in verse number 17. Verse 17 says that if anyone, any person, gives his life or her life to Jesus Christ, that person becomes a new creation. That new creation, that new saved person, transitions from a sinner to a saint. That new creation, that new person transitions from living in darkness to living in light, living in sin to living in holiness. That new person transitions from living a messed up life to living a life that's refreshed or restarted. The transition happens because Jesus Christ has all knowledge he has all power, he has all authority, and he has all the grace and mercy that we need for him to make positive changes in anybody's life. The only question is, do you want positive changes in your life? 
Do I want positive changes in my life? That's the only question. I'm closing now. If you're already saved, but you're struggling to live holy, you may need to refresh your life. I have two suggestions about how somebody that's already saved can refresh our lives. Number one, confess our sins to Jesus. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all the unrighteousness of our sins. So, so if you are saved but there's some reason you're struggling with some issue, Confess it to Jesus and ask him to help you. And then you could be saved and it's not and you and you got some issues going on, but it's not because of any sin that you're struggling with. It may not be that. It could be that someone or something else is creating problems or challenges in your life. If that's you, if you're saved and you've got some challenges, but it's not because of you you're living in deliberate and willful sin, here's what you may need to consider. Give that person or that problem over to Jesus. That person or that issue that's causing turmoil in your life, turn it over to Jesus. Psalm 55, verse 22, this is what it says. Cast your cares, cast your problems on the Lord Jesus, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Cast your cares, cast your problems on Jesus, and he's going he's gonna to lift you up. He's going to hold you up. He's going to make a way out of no way because he will never let the righteous fall. And I already told you, you are righteous. You may not look righteous, but you are righteous. You may not feel righteous, but you are righteous. You may not talk righteous all the time, but you are righteous. You may not make every righteous decision all the time, but you are righteous. Why? Because you've already humbled yourself and you've given your life to Jesus and his blood covers you and his blood makes you righteous. Amen. If you're not saved, if you're an unsaved person, you need to restart your life, spiritually speaking. Here's how you do it. If you're unsaved, here's how you restart your life. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, the Apostle Paul said if you, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse nine, that's verse 9. Verse 10 says, for it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confessed and are saved. Amen. Whether you need to refresh or restart your life, always remember this. It's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late for you to refresh or restart your life if you will trust and do your best to obey Jesus Christ. It's never too late. It's not too late to stop being sick and become healthy and whole. It's not too late to restore a broken relationship. It's not too late to save a failing marriage. It's not too late for a problem child to become a productive adult. It's not too late to go from being bankrupt to having more than enough money and other resources that you need. It's not too late to change from being angry and bitter to being loving and joyful. It's not too late 
to stop hating the very person who hurt you and to forgive that person that hurt you. We cannot refresh or restart our lives by ourselves. Why? Because with, with man, these things are impossible. But with Jesus, all things are possible. All things are possible with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the son of the most high God. And he is God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one that came down to 40 and two generations. Jesus is the one that wrapped himself in human flesh and walked among us as a human being so that he could know everything we feel and suffer temptation just like we do. But the Bible said even though he was tempted, he never sinned. That's what made him the perfect sacrifice. Jesus is the one that let them take him to Pilate's judgment hall where he was falsely accused. He did nothing wrong. He, all he did was help humanity while he was here. But we lied on him because we were jealous of who he said he was and we didn't want to accept who he said he was. But Jesus accepted that. He didn't say, the Bible says he, he didn't fight back and he didn't try to defend himself. He just simply let those lies be told against him. He went to Herod's judgment hall and after they took him out, they took him in the back and they scourged him. They took leather and rocks and metal and they made a, a, a whip out of it and they beat him across his back so badly that his skin started to fall off his back. You could see his ribs. Blood was everywhere. He was almost half dead. Jesus is the one, even though he was half dead, he still picked up a 250 or maybe 300-pound cross and began to carry it up Golgotha's rugged hill. He didn't have to carry it all the way himself, but he carried it most of the way. He's the one that let man put a railroad-sized stake in his hands and in his legs. He let them nail him to that cross. Why? Because he was going to die for your sins and my sins. Jesus is the one that let them pierce him in his side and out came his blood and out came water. Jesus is the one who gave up his life. Matter of fact, the Bible says he didn't just take our sins. God made him become all the sins of the world. Like I said, he wasn't a liar, but he died for the liar. Amen. I could go through a whole list of things. He became sin for every one of us. He became our sins. Jesus is the one that he let them put him in a borrowed tomb because the Bible tells us he could have come off that cross anytime he wanted to. But he stayed there because he saw every one of us in this parking lot and on this church ground today and people all over the world. And he wanted us to have the chance to go to heaven when we die and to live the best life we can while we're still living. He's the one that stayed in that borrowed tomb all the rest of Friday night. He's the one that stayed there Saturday morning, Saturday midday, Saturday night. But Jesus is also the one that on that Sunday morning that we call Easter, the Bible says he got up with all power entrusted in his hands. The Bible says, Jesus said, I have all power in heaven, on earth, even under the earth. I've got all power. And he shares that power with us. He uses that power to bless us. He uses that power to give us the more abundant life. And what does he want in return? He wants us to choose to love him. He wants us to choose to trust him. He wants us to choose to obey him as best we can. And if you will humble yourself and give your life to Jesus Christ, 
I promise you, just like Steve said when he was singing earlier, I can promise you that he will refresh or restart your life beginning today. And you keep walking with him. Keep trusting him. Keep doing your best to obey him. And watch positive things begin to happen in your life. Watch him do things that you don't even expect him to do. The Bible says he can do exceedingly abundantly more than what we even ask or think. And he will do it if we will give him the opportunity to bless our lives and make us a blessing to others. Upon hearing God's word on today, if God the Holy Spirit is moving on you and you believe that you need to now give your life to Jesus, I pray that you will repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. I'm asking you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when you die, you have the assurance of knowing that heaven will be your eternal home. But also equally important, because you prayed that prayer, you have the opportunity now to refresh or restart your life. And you can have your best life possible, that more abundant life that Jesus said that he came for all of us to have. So I pray today that you've been blessed by the word and I pray that you will look at your own life and then decide what do you need to do. And if you look at your life and you decide your life is good, that's fine. Start praying for somebody else. Start looking for opportunities to share the love of Jesus with somebody else. God will arrange some opportunities for you to meet people or maybe somebody in your own family and friends right now. God will arrange opportunities for you to talk with them and through your lifestyle, they can come to know him for themselves. I'm going to ask Steve and the musicians to give us just one verse of something that we'll, I'll do the benediction with. Your deep.
myself away, give myself away. Cover us from the crowns of our heads to the soles of our feet. We thank you in advance for blessing us with all the resources we're going to need in every area of our life. We thank you in advance for working out all the problems and removing all the obstacles and giving us solutions to all the problems. And Lord, for eliminating all the turmoil that's in our lives in whatever way you see fit in the time frame that you have already predetermined. And we love you, and we want to be a blessing to others, Lord. Use us to be a blessing to others this week and glorify you. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest ruling about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Let the church sing.